This is Cal and David, and you're listening to the Skill Trades Podcast. And this week, we talk about cold weather and clothing to keep you warm. How's it going, David? Pretty good. I'm glad the heat is on. In the middle of a bit of a cold polar vortex here. Uh, last last week, it's been a bit chilly. About minus 40 every single day. That's Celsius. Yeah. So, it's it's been cold. I'm glad. I'm nice and warm inside. That's for sure. And for all you Americans, minus 40 Celsius and minus 40 Fahrenheit height is the same thing. Yeah. That's cold. Very cold. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's... <clears throat> That's this morning. It was with wind chill. It was minus fifty one, I believe. That's Celsius again. Mm-hmm. And we had to put in all residential roughins on hold because our code only allows wires to be pulled at minus twenty. So that was that was a little interesting. I mean, thankfully, this morning I was working at a job where the house was gutted, but the furnace was still on. There was still insulation in the exterior walls, so. At least you still get to work in some semblance of warmth then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess like with this kind of extreme cold, I mean, cracked pipes, burst pipes is pretty, it, it's common. I know, uh, especially when you have, when your furnace goes out, it doesn't take very long for, for pipes to start cracking and that, splitting. That's for sure. And I mean, I went to two two furnace calls today alone, so... And it sounded like the guys on call on the weekend tended to some furnace calls as well. Yeah, I can't imagine being on on call. Like, luckily, I'm not on call this week. But yeah, weeks like this, it's it's crazy. It, when once it's so cold, because you know anything that's not properly maintained or looked after, it just seems like this is kind of the time it breaks. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, my first furnace call today, uh, they had the rental company i guess for the housing they had contacted the the plumbers and they had come and looked at the the furnace and they said check my work order just said check wiring and bad sequencer so i pull up and i throw my clamp meter on and well two of the elements were on there were only three elements in the furnace i think it was like a 15 kilowatt and i was like okay that's strange so I swap out one sequencer and then I only had one element come on. So I was like, okay, that's even weirder. <laughs> and I I was just like, you know, I don't know what's going on here. And then I start going through the whole wiring diagram and, and tracing all my wires back. And then I see, huh, this one element has line one going to both sides of the element. That doesn't work. No. So it was just a matter of spending some time and going through it. And then I switched the wires around. And then I, I mean, I was at the furnace already and the sequencers didn't look bad, but you know, they're such a cheap part. Mm -hmm. I just threw brand new sequencers in there, fired it up and I had all three elements come on and blow heat and good to go. Mm -hmm. And it seems like, like right now, uh, I'm in school and stuff and, um, and during our electrical course, you know, we, we, we were learning how to, you know, read wiring diagrams and how, you know, how a circuit works, you know, where to follow power and learning, you know, L1 and L2, what they mean and stuff. And a lot of it is referenced around electric furnaces and stuff. And it's like, yeah, you know, when, when I was with a journeyman, it's like, yeah, he was showing me all this stuff. I did a lot of research on my own and diagnosing on my own and stuff. But now it seems like, 
learning why everything happens the way it happens, it makes a lot of sense now. Like it's much more clear. And yeah, you I learned you can't just go from L1 to L1. That doesn't quite work. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I've had journeymen show me how to look at an electric furnace, how to repair it. And I've had people explain it to me. It just didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. I had to actually go through the wiring diagram and figure these things out myself. And I know I've called you a couple occasions <laughs> and was like, how am I supposed to do this? You know, mm -hmm. this, this, I, I don't remember. Mm -hmm. And, but no, this time I was very proud of myself. I was like, I didn't have to call a lifeline. <laughs> and like, at this point I sure should know how to fix a furnace, but you know, no one, I've never actually understood mm -hmm. what you have to do. Mm -hmm. But today I was like, Oh, you know what? This makes sense. You mm -hmm. know? And I think it very much comes down to like, it depends which part of the industry you're in. I know like for a lot of, you know, installers and stuff, not saying all of them, but a lot of them, it's like they, they set the unit, they put their power wires to it and that's kind of it. But I know like me on the service and I don't do a lot of installs, so I don't really know that well of that end of it. I do a lot of more, you know, troubleshooting and stuff like that. So both skills are very valuable and I, I honestly wish I was, I did more installs. I, I, I really do. I do enjoy it. It's very nice. It's very satisfying to put something together and look back. It's like, wow, went from old to new and stuff. I like, I like that, that portion of it. But yeah, with this cold weather too, I mean, uh, few, few things come to mind. I know, uh, last, last winter we were called to, uh, a restaurant here in town. They, um, they're closed down for the season and, uh, they, I guess, came in there one day and they uh their furnace had shut down the rooftop unit had shut down and hadn't heated the space and they walked in there and <clears throat> turned the water on because they shut the water off at the end of the year turned the water on and had water falling out of the ceiling <laughs> and uh yeah we ended up going there and we replaced a bunch of copper pipe that was split just you know little things like that now now they know to just keep the heat on and monitor it you know make sure everything's working fine but the little things like that i mean with such extreme cold it, it it's very crucial to to have everything warm and yeah yeah that's that's for sure and i mean i guess i know we were discussing smart thermostats and stuff like mm -hmm. that before and i guess in that sense it's kind of nice to have a smart thermostat be able mm -hmm. to monitor through your phone, you don't have to go to the location, mm -hmm. but I mean, I don't, I just don't trust them. Yeah. That's, that's for personal reasons. Mm -hmm. But, um, I know a, one of the guys that works for a company, he was wiring a cabin and what they ended up doing there was they had, uh, thermometers set up around the cabin to monitor the temperature outside, inside, and also the humidity. Mm hmm and he had noticed that the humidity in his cabin was like at 25 percent and they, they figured they had to put a humidifier in because it's all pine boards oh yeah and yeah. you don't want that stuff cracking no no and even like some thermostats nowadays i mean you can get uh i know they're like there's some kind of like you know communicating ones you can buy um but yeah they, they there's one that i've been researching and and seeing videos and stuff on that i wouldn't mind trying um it's it's a company that called sensi predict 
basically what it does is there's a, uh, about 10 sensors in your whole system from your like in in the supply and return um, on your main voltage power coming in and on your outdoor like on your condenser you know on your suction it has a suction line temperatures and liquid line temperatures and it has all these fancy you know sensors on it and you can see all of that information on either a thermostat or on your phone now for some people that may not mean a whole lot but if you really get into it that can be super helpful because one of the reasons is it can it can like it'll graph information over a long period of time and it'll tell you like oh all of a sudden if you have an electric furnace it'll also tell you it's like oh well your furnace seems to be running longer now maybe something's going on as in bad sequencer bad relay bad element you know maybe you can catch these things before they become a bigger issue right i mean i'm I like that stuff. Like I, I, I like that you know, you know that, not kind of like modulating, you know, technology and you know being able to keep your finger on on all your equipment, right? I mean, for a lot of for customers, most of them they don't care, but for bigger, you know, companies, uh, that's very, that's super handy, especially if you're a technician. You kind of have a little idea of what's going on before you get there. Yeah, it's for sure, and I mean for larger companies too, there's such a power saving to be mm-hmm. had through that. Oh yeah. And I guess a little update on my uh, my timer switch that I installed oh, yeah. for, for my chickens. It yeah. is still working amazing. Nice. And I couldn't be happier with it. I don't ever have to worry about it. You know, I just know that it's going to go on in the morning. Mm-hmm. And in the evening, I know that once I'm done choring them, the lights are going to go off. So I'm super happy with it. $40 very well spent. That's awesome. And it's just little things like that. It makes life just a little bit easier. Yeah, that's for sure. And I mean, I've installed plenty of fancy switches. I mean, I know in in my home, I installed a, a motion sensor dimmer, which I had to special order because I wanted it to come on when I walked into a room. And then if it didn't sense motion, I wanted to automatically go out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I disconnected it for now just because I put in some new bulbs that are controlled off a remote. Okay. But that's just because I've updated my lighting a little bit. I have gone for full RGB. Whoa. Yeah. You, you must be like a computer gamer or something. No, I <laughs> I just like sitting in purple in the evenings. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. Like, and there's so many things, like, things that I wouldn't think of, like, being an HVAC. Like, I wouldn't think of lights, but I find it really cool when I go into a home and they have, you know cool effects like yeah you walk into a room and it's like sense like motion activated and the light turns on or like you know it turns off like i, I find things like that cool but i i wouldn't know how to put that together yeah and like some of those things like i know it's i actually had to go online to find the manual on how to program the switch and and it's all through the switch i didn't have to do anything on my phone it's not wi-fi connected so you know, they make so many devices that you don't need to connect to the Wi-Fi mm-hmm. that it's all built in. And I, I honestly prefer it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, it I, it, it kind of goes on to another topic when we were talking about, yeah, like, you know, the smart thermostats like that connect to if you have like Google Home or if you have, you know, um, you know, anything like that, it, that, that kind of interface. Like, I mean, there's so many things that is connected all all in one that you can you know yeah like the doorbell you were talking about too the the ones with the little camera on there i mean yeah it's a cool feature um 
personally probably wouldn't spend the money on it, but it's just one of those little cool features and that lets your customer know that you're you're at the door waiting for them to yeah, wake up. That's, <laughs> that's for sure. And I mean, but what happens, you know, like your Wi-Fi goes out, you know, yeah. then you lose all connectivity. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I just, I'm still more mechanically minded. I like things hardwired, you know, mm-hmm. no other connections besides power flowing. Yeah. That's just, I know I'm pretty young in the trade still, but I just know that's just how my mind works. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of things like that too. It's like, yeah, if your power goes out or if you have everything there is controlled by circuit boards. If your power goes out or you have power surges or anything like that, I mean, those very sensitive control devices, I mean, they're, they tend to go. I know that's why um, me personally, um, if especially with the newer, you know, high efficiency furnaces and stuff coming out, I would always recommend customers, you know, get a surge protector. I mean, you don't want those boards to, to, to you know, burn out on you, especially with those new ECM um, uh, motors. You don't want those to go out on you outside of warranty. That's very, it's a very expensive fix. And a surge protector, it's, it, it's worth its money in the long run, in my opinion. Yeah, that's for sure. And I mean, you can get surge protectors now that tie right into your panel. Mm-hmm. So you protect whole, your whole home. Yeah, they protect your whole home. Mm-hmm. And like, not only like furnaces and stuff, but all these fancy new appliances and everything they mm-hmm. like fridges that you know you can put your shopping list on and it have like screens on there and everything yeah it's like you know you have one power surge and that's all gonna get fried yeah and that's you may as well buy a new fridge at that point yeah and i'm sorry but i prefer my old-fashioned fridge yeah me too <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i don't I have a whiteboard on my fridge where I put my shopping list on i take mm-hmm. a picture of it with my smartphone mm-hmm. that's that's technologically advanced enough for me (laughs) (laughs) speaking of fridges i um i recently while i was in school i got i got bored i guess um you could say and uh i've i had nothing to do so i was just you know looking at the classifieds one day and found a fridge online it was broken but it was 25 dollars. so um basically what happened was the 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 description was the freezer worked fridge wasn't getting cold and uh, I had a few ideas already in my mind what it was, so I went and picked it up, and just found it was a bad evaporator fan motor. Put a new, uh, waited you know two and a half weeks from Amazon to get a motor. Put it in there, good to go. I was like, that's that's a decent fridge right there. Yeah, exactly. That was my little project. Yeah, and I mean, it's not too often that, like a lot of people, they just they give up on their appliances because. A, they don't want to spend the money into it mm-hmm. because they'll believe they think it's just this massive problem, mm-hmm. or they're just like, you know, I'm not going to fix it anyway. What's this hunk of metal mm-hmm. sitting here? Mm-hmm. So let's just sell it. Someone will fix it and either scrap it or mm-hmm. yeah. And it, this was this was a five or six year old fridge. Like it wasn't an old fridge, and it was still in relatively good condition. And and after I fixed it, like, I, I didn't have any intention of really like, keeping it, but it's like, I wanted something to do. I'm kind of like the guy, it's like, I get bored. <laughs> yeah. After a while, just sitting at home, doing my online courses and stuff, it's like, I get a little bit bored, but only two weeks to go. Pretty excited. Hoorah. Yeah, to get to get back into the van. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's actually interesting. Uh, the other day, I went to my grandparents' place, and I went to go turn on their bathroom fan, 
And I just hear this awful screeching moaning noise. And I knew right away what was up. And I said, your bathroom fan motor shot. Oh, yeah, it's been shot since we moved in here. How long have they been living there? Uh, for sure, 10 years. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And I just kind of shook my head and I was like, oh, boy. And I said, well, where's the motor? Well, it was downstairs. So I go downstairs and I take a look at the motor. And it's one of those kind of induct fans. Mm-hmm. We and, have those in our home, too. And I was like, well, it's easy enough for me to pull out and mm-hmm. put a new motor in. Yeah. And my grandpa's like, well... We never used it anyway, and I just said to him, I bet you if I replace it, you'll use it. <laughs> and he was like, ah, yeah, well, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, well. We've made it this far without yeah. using it. We don't really need it. So Saturday I went there, and and I pulled the old motor out, and the new motor is supposed to be here tomorrow. So I'm going to. It was a stock order. Six motors were ordered, and already four of them were spoken for. So I said to her purchaser, I said, well, put my name on one of them. Uh (laughs) Because Thursday, I had seen the motor at the shop, and I was like, well, I'm not going to get it now because I'm only going to put it on Saturday. So I was going to pick it up Friday before I went home, Mm -hmm. and it was gone. So Yeah, so I had to take it out, and he said we're going to get some more tomorrow. So I'm going to pick it up tomorrow, and then probably on the weekend again, I'll go put it back in. And... Yeah, that was just one thing that I noticed. I was like, hey, you know, I'll just do that for you. Mm-hmm. You know, just pay me for the motor labor. Don't worry about it. I come for supper every week anyway. So Exactly, right? <laughs> and I know I did the same thing. It's like uh, my aunt, she wanted um, her, her faucet was leaking and went, replaced it for her. Didn't charge her anything for it. She paid me for the parts for the two valves that I used and that's it. It's like I don't, I didn't do it for money. I did it, you know. It's number one. It was nice to you know actually get back on the tools. Yeah, I feel like you know the first first week going back to work is going to be a little bit rough, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's for sure. I guess on the topic of finding things while you're at a job, uh, last week it was a very it was kind of a boring week, I guess, because it was I didn't get really any shocking jobs. Mm-hmm. It was just a lot of shocking. Light- is that like an electrical pun? Oh, well, it could be, but, (laughs) um, yeah, I was just doing a lot of light repairs and stuff. It was relatively warm and not windy. So we figured, you know, we'll go out in the cherry picker and hit off as many jobs as we can. And I went to a farmyard and they wanted one of their lights just taken down and put switch over to an LED. So I did that. And they said another light, it just wasn't working. So and I had to back my cherry picker into a cattle pen. So it was like frozen manure and straw. It was, I had a Dickens of a time back it in there, first of all. How'd your van smell after that? Not bad, actually. Oh. I tried not to step in the fresh cow pies. Okay. The yeah. frozen ones is okay, but it's it's the fresh ones. And, well, one of the farmers, he, he goes to me, you park this thing inside for night? I said, oh, no, it sits outside. Okay, that's good, because I don't think your boss would like the way it smells after you pull into the shop. <laughs> but anyway, I opened up the light, and it was just a blown capacitor, and I replaced the capacitor, and while I was up there waiting for the light to come on, I had the photocell covered, then I happened to look over, and I saw there was a cow trying to drink from the water, but there was no water in there. And I just asked the customer, I was like, is your water on? And he sent his son to go check, and... His son was like, there's no water pressure. 
And I was like, well, that's not good because it was, it was like minus seven, but the, the wind was quite brisk and it was a little Mm -hmm. chilly and, you know, they had 90 head of cattle and if there's no water pressure and they had multiple waters, I knew that those cows weren't getting water. Mm -hmm. So we went into the house and we checked their pressure switch and it was getting power it was sending power to the, the well control, which was in the barn, but their pressure gauge in the house was just totally needled out at zero. And so we go into the barn and I check and there's just no juice being sent through. And they hadn't, thankfully they had an old control box with the relaying capacitor in there. And I just put that in and it started building pressure, but it was kind of old and crusty and it didn't look much better than the new one because it looked like the capacitor had been leaking. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know what? I will quickly run back to town and I will rebuild this for you because as a guy who's dealt with cattle before, mm-hmm. when it's cold, I know how much of a pain in the neck it is trying to get water to your cows. Yep. So I was just very thankful I had caught that. And they said to me, you know, if you wouldn't have seen that, we probably wouldn't have noticed till later. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, and your cows would have been super thirsty by then. Yeah. So that was just one thing I was very thankful I had <laughs> caught and was able to help them out by rebuilding their, their well control. Yeah, I guess it goes also to, um, like when I was uh, when I was training with, an, uh, with a journeyman, well, I guess I, I still am always learning from them. But when I was uh, going on a uh, ride along with, with one of my journeymen, and, and he always told me too, he's like, whenever you go to a home to, you know, diagnose any HVAC equipment, he says, always look at the big picture. Don't get like, you know, don't get tunnel vision on just one thing. Look at everything else that's going on around all the equipment, you know, how it all works together. And I went to a home one time. They just It was just a, a maintenance on their furnace. And. I saw in their mechanical room too, you know, had an HRV and, and stuff. So I thought, you know, just for whatever, just go open up the, open up the door, just take a look at it. Right. And, um, even though that wasn't on the maintenance, but I thought, you know, just take a look at it too. And I opened it up and the filters were all clean and everything in there. And I, uh, went and talked with the homeowner a little bit and, uh, I asked, you know, how's your HRV working or whatever. And she's like, yeah, she's like, yeah, we haven't really, you know, felt it come on or whatever it's like oh maybe we don't just don't have it set right or something and and uh we talked a little bit with the customer went back down there and uh checked some things out there and sure enough the the control board was uh was shot on that hrv and it probably hadn't been running since probably close to the last time that it would been it had been serviced which was i think a couple of years ago it was clean they never cleaned it or anything and so we ordered a new control board for them put it in there and good to go but just you know it's just those other little things that you pay attention to when when you you know going out on a maintenance call yeah that's for sure and i guess that's kind of i know i've mentioned it here on the podcast before but like if i have to go into a customer's attic i always like to see how much insulation they have mm-hmm. and make them aware of that mm-hmm. and i know a number of customers have reblown insulation after I've been in there off my recommendation mm-hmm. just because they were like, oh, you know, I could be saving a lot more energy because mm-hmm. I'm losing all my heat through my ceiling. Yeah. And oftentimes you you can get rebates for that too. Yeah, absolutely. I know our current power provider here is 
offering a rebate on mm -hmm. blowing in insulation and re-insulating stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's just it's just things that you, as you spend more time in the field, you learn to keep your eye out, to just notice issues, stuff like that. And I guess even at the one furnace call I went to today, they said the breaker in the furnace kept tripping. And I was like, okay. And the first thing I did was pull out their furnace filter. Because <laughs> I always like to try to do that on a furnace. Yeah, that's the simplest thing to, to check. And this was my second furnace call of the day. The first furnace call of the day, there was an absence of a filter and an exposed A-coil and the tenants of the home didn't really seem to care much. Mm -hmm. So I just repaired the furnace and closed it up. But the second one, I made the customer aware. And right away, she called someone and said, hey, you want to bring furnace filters later this evening? Mm -hmm. And, like, it had started sucking in already. And it was quite dirty. Like, it wasn't, like, pet hair and stuff. But you could just see it was very fine. Dust. Yeah, dust. Yeah. It, it was doing its job, but it needed to be replaced. Yeah. Yeah, and that's very often the, the the case for, you know, furnace calls, you know, especially on electric furnace, or it can be gas furnace too, but um, air filter, usually one of the first things I check if the unit's not running before I open the, the, the doors. Simple thing to check, and most times, you know, if you see it's dirty, well, probably a reason why that furnace isn't running. Yeah, that's for sure. And speaking of gas furnaces... Thanks again for helping me out on that gas furnace install. <laughs> I called Not David. I called David up here. It was it was supposed to be my early Friday, and I had a bit. That's of a, what they always say. Yeah, I had a bit of a hectic morning, and uh, this job. I know one of my bosses said, you know, really like to get to this one today because they had promised him that we would get it, get some things done there, and I said, okay, you know what? I know it's my early Friday. I was supposed to leave at lunch, but I will go over there and I will hook up this gas furnace if you send another guy to install another plug that they wanted to add. Mm -hmm. He was like, okay, yeah, that's good enough. And I got there and then I opened up the furnace and I realized I haven't hooked up a gas furnace in so long. <laughs> I was just like, well, this should be easy, but I just, so I, I just didn't know. So I called David. I was like, what colors do you use on the low voltage side? <laughs> For thermostat wires? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I at the time, I was in town doing not much. I was just on my way home, and, you know, I, and I told you, too, it's like, you know, I might, one day I'm going to need your help with something, too. I'll be on a job, and I'll be like, Cal, I just, you know, I need I need help. <laughs> yeah. No, and it's, once I got it hooked up, then uh, one of the apprentices came, and, I told them, well, you'll have to put in a thermostat because the whole reason was they wanted to get the gas turned on, mm -hmm. but they needed power onto the furnace in order to get the gas inspection. And I said, and if you don't know how to wire the thermostat, just check how I've wired it. And then he kind of ran through how his journeyman did it. And he goes, oh, well, I guess you do it a little bit differently. And I was like, yeah, you know, I think they used brown for the common Okay, yeah. And the black for the W, something like that. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? To me, the way you told me to do it mm -hmm. and how I did it made sense to me. They had weird colors, though. Yeah, like, like a red-white and a black-white. and Yeah, like that. that's what kind of threw me off. Like, typically, typically, black is on white. But if a, like a black-white, I've probably seen it, but I just never, you know... 
typically, I, I like I don't. You you were working with what, eight to eight wires? Yeah, eighteen eight. Yeah, I've not seen that very much. More more so if they either have a a heat pump or if they have some kind of communicating thermostat. Yeah. And I don't know if the customer, because this is a bit of a, I don't think it's a spec home. I think it's already sold, but it was a bit of a different home. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure they wanted some more things added, but you know, I just hooked up the basic stuff. Uh, apparently someone has to go there to do more work. So if they need anything changed, they can change it then. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to get it running for the gas inspection but yeah, it was, it was nice to be able to not have to call one of the journeymen. Hey, how do I do this again? <laughs> Make myself look like a complete dweeb. <laughs> that's all good. Like I said, you know, that's why we're, we're here to help. Right. Yeah, it's, that's for sure. You know, and we kind of have to rely on each other mm -hmm. because, you know, it's kind of, always kind of embarrassing to have to ask such obvious questions to the shop it's like, uh, how do I do this? Yeah, but it's like, it's if you haven't done it in a while, like, I know when I go back to work, I haven't been at work now for probably about two months now. It's like, when I get back to work, it's like, I know for sure, it's like, I'm going to miss some very basic things. I'm just going to not, just forget how to do, right? Like, you haven't been, you haven't done it in a while, right? Well, it's just like, <laughs> a couple weeks ago, I went to, to a job and, uh, this lady's chime wasn't working and she needed a plug added in her bathroom and her dryer also wasn't working. And the dryer just turned out I need to pull a new line. Someone had just chopped it off. And the chime, it was just, you know, old wiring. The joints had been made wrong. And the plug, well, that was not a big deal. I threw a plug in there, put a mm -hmm. cover on. And <laughs> then at the shop, they had gone through my work order and they had seen I hadn't put put on there a GFCI. Mm -hmm. It was right by a sink and I should have known that. Mm -hmm. But I've been doing so many service calls where it's just normal plugs. Yeah. It just had completely slipped my mind to put in it a ground fault plug. Mm -hmm. Like, oh such a simple thing and I felt so stupid. <laughs> I was like, you know, I should have known that. Mm -hmm. You know, I knew that. As soon as someone said it, I was like, oh of course, duh. <laughs> but you know, when you get into doing just not that yeah when it comes to doing that like if i would have been roughing in a new house or putting plugs in i would have known yep ground fault in the kitchen ground fault in the bathrooms mm -hmm. got it but it was just like this it just kind of slipped my mind mm -hmm. it's just when you get used to doing certain jobs and when you do something different it, it just sometimes kind of throws you for a loop mm -hmm. I, I 100% agree i know if I, especially like, i know like if you're working on, you know, specific type of furnaces that you always work on, you know, if you're a Lennox dealer, carrier, York, or whatever, you know your brand super well, but all of a sudden you get, go to a different piece of equipment. It has the same function, but it just throws you for a loop. I know, and it's, and especially it's hard if, you know, there's no manuals anywhere around, so you can't like look up, okay, well, how does this thing actually operate? I know customers too, I've um, gone to a furnace before and, uh, you know, they're looking over your shoulder and, you know, you open up the manual and they kind of give you a look like, you don't know how to fix this? <laughs> you don't know what, like, you don't know how this thing works? Well, I understand how it's supposed to work, but every kind of, every equipment is a little bit different. Every brand has a little bit different, could be a sequence of operation or it could be, you know, just the way that um, 
it operates, you know, the different voltages that or that it might operate at, or it could be, you know, how to test certain things, right? Which, you know, it's it, it's not that you don't know what you're doing, it's you're always learning in this trade, and that's what it, it's very hard to explain that to a customer, right? Especially if, you know, um, if you're pretty young and they can tell that you're young, you know, they kind of like to maybe run you down a little bit thinking you don't know what you're doing, but at the end of the day, once you fix the problem for them, they're usually pretty happy. Yeah, that's for sure. While we're on the topic of furnaces, I just want to throw it out there. The best electric furnace is a Nortron. 100% agree. They are the, I'm not going to say the most reliable or energy efficient, but the fact that you can still service them. Yep, and they're super, you can probably rebuild that whole entire furnace. Okay, maybe if it doesn't, okay, yeah, even if it has a, like a control board in there, but you can probably build, rebuild that whole furnace for probably, like relays and stuff for probably like 150 bucks. Yeah. Like including the, the control board. But the, like relays, cheap. Yeah. 10, the, 10, 15 bucks a relay. The old brown Nortrons yeah, are oh. just, they're the electrician's dream. Like, you just get in there, rebuild it, and walk away, and you know that thing's going to fire up. Mm-hmm. It's not like the one I went to today was a Supreme, and there was no not a sequencer relay in sight. The only thing I saw were the main lugs and the high limits. Mm-hmm. And I was like, kind of looked around, I was like, where is everything? <laughs> <laughs> and then you get into those, um, I know, uh, usually when we when my company installs electric furnaces, t- uh, typically they're, they're Stelpros. And those are actually pretty decent electric furnaces. Like, you know, they have ECM motors and stuff and they have, um, uh, usually they have like five, you can have a four or five, uh, elements in there. They're super nice furnaces and, um, they're pretty energy efficient for as electric, electric furnace can be, but yeah, they're getting more complicated too. And I guess it's kind of how everything's going, right? Like everything's starting to, everything has to be modulated right to save energy yeah that's for sure but i guess to go off topic for a bit uh, i had an interesting i don't know if it's an interesting customer experience but so much as being blamed for something that wasn't my fault (laughs) i i know i mentioned this to you earlier Mm -hmm. last week and yep venting my frustration (laughs) (laughs) hey sometimes you have to do that yeah that's for sure i i was i was so angry and so i had gone to to this this business and i was repairing outside lights and there's this this one part where i had to replace a light under warranty uh whoever had wired the shop first of all they when they put this LED wall pack up, they didn't put a drip of silicone behind it. So water was getting into the light and mm-hmm. it fried it. And there was actually wasps. Wasps had built a nest behind the light. Oh, good thing that wasn't in the summer. Yeah. And so I was just going to leave the base on there. I was like, oh, that's good enough. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I bet you there's not a drip of silicone there. And sure enough, there was. And that's when I found the nest. And so, whatever, I put the new light up and reconnect the wires and and I leave. I had finished my job and all of a sudden I get a phone call in the afternoon that someone within the company had, like of this business, was accusing me of hitting the building with my cherry picker and leaving a massive gash. 
And I was like, hold on, hold on. I didn't touch the building. Right. When I had parked my cherry picker in there, I had seen a massive gash already in there. Mm-hmm. And like in that that area, it's pretty tight. It's between two buildings. And what I typically do is I'll lower my outrigger so I know where they are and then I'll finish backing in and, you know, making sure I'm super careful. Then I set up and do my work. And then when I got that call, I was like, well, first of all, I was super careful when I put my outriggers down. And as I'm pulling out, there's nothing on the basket of my picker that could have caused that gash. And then I got a phone call later saying... Oh, it's not actually your fault. They had checked the video surveillance and it had been someone else earlier that day <laughs> who had put that in there. But someone who hadn't even seen, they just knew I was working in that area, mm-hmm. just decided to blame me for it. Yep. It's It shouldn't be like that. No, and this was like two full sheets of tin that were just gashed open. And I had just said to the person, I said, you know... First of all, I would have felt it if I would have hit the building. Yeah, and you would have seen the damage on your your cherry picker or or tr- truck or your van or so you would have seen damage on your vehicle. Absolutely. Regardless. And second of all, I would have right away taken pictures of the damage mm-hmm. and I would have gone inside, you know, said I'm super sorry, you know, we'll cover the damages, not mm-hmm. a big deal. Mm-hmm. Then I would have reported it to, you know, my my bosses. Mhm. But I knew it wasn't me. Yeah. And after I got that phone call, I was just like, it was like a a no duh moment. Mm -hmm. Like I knew I hadn't hit it. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is I called my boss and he was like, well, thankfully that's a crisis diverted. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's totally true. And I know for, for me and, uh, and myself, like what I usually like to do, if I go to a customer's home and I see something that is either a broken or something that is leaking or something that I'm not there to look at but it's it's there um I always take pictures if, like or videos or something so I have some kind of documentation that that was there when I got here I didn't touch that and even yeah after repair or before you repair something take pictures of it I always say you know CYA cover your ass right in case that all of a sudden you know a customer wants to you know give you blame for for whatever at least you have some kind of documentation then that's the way i always look at it i know some of the guys that are in my class that you know live in different different parts of uh, of the province um and different companies they're they're much stricter with that actually um one of the guys in my class that uh, i was staying at a, at a hotel with while i was um in school for their company what they actually have to do is they have to take a video when they get there a video during, a video after, and they have to take pictures of like all repairs, everything. They have to take, like everything gets documented like to the nines. And it's like I thought I took a lot of pictures. Like <laughs> you know, they probably take ten pictures just on one job of theirs, right? But I guess it all comes down to you know what they want to see proof, right? Yeah, and liability. Liability, I think, is the biggest thing there. Yeah. yeah. And I know at our shop we've been having a problem with you know, with work orders, Mm -hmm. you know, when we get a work order handed to us, it'll say like something like change plug Mm -hmm. and you go do that and you write down four hours and the customer gets sent that bill and they're like, well, why does it just say change plug four hours? Mm -hmm. Well, 
yeah, I had to run a wire, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So now it's been made very clear to everyone, you know, make sure you add a much lengthier description as to what you did mm-hmm. so that the customer doesn't flip out when they get a bill. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know uh, my dispatcher, I mean, um, like, she's awesome. Like, I have no complaints about her, but I kind of told her, like, when I like to write work orders, like, I like to write, like, everything on there, like, but like everything and I think I think she got a little bit she, I think she always just kind of dumbs it down a little bit when she gives the invoice to the customer otherwise the customer might get like three pages of whatever <laughs> I wrote but it's just like you know I, I made sure you know everything I did is written down on there so you know in case yeah if it ever comes that back down to me it's like well I have written on my work order this is everything I did and it's just you know like I said you know you have to cover yourself a little bit too yeah it's funny because my mom she used to do service writing and she'd say too, like some guys, they would just write like three words down on their work order, and then she'd have to hunt them down and say, "Okay, what did you do here?" Mm-hmm. And then they'd have to sit there and, "Oh, well, what did I do?" Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's why I, I write a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's I, I think you, it's better to have too much than too little. Exactly, and that goes the same for for clothing too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially in this cold weather. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. What a transition. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, Cal here and David, um, we decided to start taking a look at some merch stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And I came up with some designs, and we got them printed on on a couple T-shirts. We're wearing them right now. You guys can't see them. Mm Mm-hmm. But we're super happy with how they've turned out. There will be a picture probably posted either today or tomorrow. Yep, you bet. And it's an idea we've been throwing around for a bit. I know we've been thinking of some other items as well, but I was just super stoked on getting some shirts that Mm -hmm. just for now we could wear. And if we have enough interest that we would like to put out for you guys to purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking at different shirt types. I know it's nice to have something durable, something comfortable to wear. And these are super nice. I mean, they're light, they're stretchy, which is gonna be perfect for the summertime. I mean, I, especially if you're out in the sun, I don't wanna have something that is heavy. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, something like a Carhartt shirt will be nice for the winter time, like mm-hmm. a Carhartt t-shirt. Yep. Which, you know, down the road we might do. Mm-hmm. But I think what we have right now works really, really well. Yeah, it's they're super comfortable. That, that That's for me, like if you're in it all day, you want to be comfortable. That's for sure. And I was super comfortable all day. And right now we just have black and gray. Mm-hmm. And it pops really well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you guys will see some pictures soon of, of what we've come up with. And, you know, if we get positive feedback and people want to want to see more designs or they want they want these shirts then we'll put them out there for you guys to snag yourself some but what what else do you have to say about the the merch um yeah uh, kind of going off what you said too and like what like we had said at the beginning of the year you know this year we were gonna try to maybe get some merch out there you know we've been doing a little bit of research and playing around with some designs and different companies that you know could you know make this stuff for us but 
we kind of want to have a little bit of a test run, see how things go, and you know, the only way we can have a good product out there is if we actually use it ourselves, right? Yeah, so. exactly. And what better way to put it to the test than wearing it to the job site? Exactly. That's kind of what that's what we were thinking too. And I mean, I was already wearing it in dusty insulation stuff today, and it held up good. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. That's awesome. I know. You, yeah. When you uh, came over to report record the podcast, you had you had given me mine. I'm super stoked. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's just something that as the podcast grows, we figured this was a a good step forward, mm-hmm. and we just we're looking into possibly hats. Mm-hmm. You know, stickers are definitely in the works. Yeah. I know I've talked to a few people. I know you've talked to some companies about making them for us. Mm-hmm. And it's just, as we get these things going, you'll see pictures of them. They'll become available. Yep. That's for sure. Right on. I think that covers everything this week. So if you guys want to reach out to us, uh, you know, comment on the content we have or just reach out to come on the podcast email us at skilltradespodcast at gmail.com go follow us on instagram that's skilltradespodcast um i i hate using the rate review and subscribe i hate that that sounds so tacky to me (laughs) yeah you know click click that bell icon below (laughs) oh man that drives me nuts so i'm not gonna ask you guys to do that that's up to you if you if you like our content go ahead you know we just make this because we enjoy it yeah exactly and i think we have a lot of fun doing it (laughs) oh absolutely right on guys stay safe and stay warm out there and stay warm See ya. See ya soon.